godly ocean of appetites. For the godly ocean of appetites. For the godly ocean of appetites. For the godly ocean of appetites. Welcome to Commuters Communion, your devotional appetizers for the godly on the go. My goal is to help you stay spiritually fed through your communion with Christ, even if you got to stop by the drive-thru. My name is Terrence Moore at Rhythm and Redemption on social media. And today, what's on the menu? Emmanuel, a special invitation. Yo, recently, y'all, I was having one of those days. I was having one of those days where I was just really tired and um, not even just physically, but mentally and just spiritually, you know what I'm saying? Like, I... Yeah, this is one of those days, just like that, I just wanted to sigh. Life just felt like a sigh. And in the midst of all that, man, I just had this feeling where I just wish I could just go be with, with Jesus, go be with my Heavenly Father, just go be in His presence. I just knew that if something could change, not only by my position, but also just, yeah, about just my state, you know, maybe if I was with God, like, and being more proximate to Him, that I would just feel better. And I started to think about that, and, you know, like, what did that mean and what do I need to do? How do I need to adjust to be able to feel that extra measure of presence, of his comfort, of his love, of his assurance, all of those things? And I even started to have a little question, like, does he even want that? Is that something that he's like, yeah, that he's hesitant on? Like, you know, hey, I already died for you. I'm, a, I'm omniscient. I'm omnipotent. I'm already everywhere. I know all things. Like, you have enough. You have my spirit. Like, what you talking about, Terrence? You tripping. <laughs> and what I realized is this. That God responds to our desire to go to him by calling us to examine how he came to us. My main point for today is that Jesus extends a different type of invitation. He extends a different type of invitation where we can be certain of God's desire for us to come to him because of the demonstration of him coming to us. So to look into this, we're going to be in John chapter 6, verses 28 through 40. And it reads, Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, that you have seen me and yet do not believe all that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never cast out for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me and this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise it up on the last day for this is the will of the father that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day. So there are three points that I want to pull that exemplify how Jesus extends to us a different invitation. One, he extends a God-initiated invitation, verses 32 through 33. Two, he extends a satisfying invitation, 
nurses 35. And three, he extends a permanent invitation. So let's take a look. For verses 32 and 33, we, we come into this passage where the crowd is asking Jesus all these questions, of course, and they try to take a historical lens. You know, we always think we can outsmart Jesus. They like, you know, our fathers That's a- hit the manna in the wilderness and he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus, of course, in clapback fashion, and it's like, truly, truly, you know, he couldn't just say it once. He had to say it twice. Truly, truly, I say to you, it wasn't Moses who gives you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. You know, see, they were trying to examine. They was like, all right, I remember my daddy told me this story. When they were in need, Moses did these works of God. You saying works of God leads to those who believe. So Moses did the works of God and he gave them this bread. And Jesus is saying, first of all, let me tell you something. My daddy did that. God sent you the bread from heaven and it was the bread of life. And he's trying to tell them that. It wasn't anything that one, Moses did for them or two, that they did for themselves. But God has a special way of not only meeting our needs, but initiating the movement that is actually going to uh, be the solution to everything we need. Right. He's trying to adjust our perspective. And he does the same thing when it comes to us coming to him, abiding with him, um, soaking in his presence. It's never about what we did. It's never about what our fathers did. It's never about what the setup and the conditions that um, ourselves or our people set up. It's about God deciding to come down from heaven and give life to the world, as it says in verses 33. And that should change things. It's one thing to be invited to somewhere after I've, you know, knocked on somebody's door, sent them an email, a text, and be like, hey, yo, you mind if I come through to your little, your little shindig, your kickback, whatever? It's another thing when that invitation is initiated um, by the one who really wants us there. And that's how God thinks of us. He initiates our invitation. He knows that we need him. He knows that we need bread from heaven. He knows that we need the bread of life. And he initiated. He came down from heaven to give it to us. We didn't put in an order for it like like, uh, the Chick-fil-A mobile app or nothing like that. Like he came down and gave it to us. He initiated it. And that should tell us something about the type of invitation he's extending. The second thing is that he extends a satisfying invitation. You know, the crowd was following him in the first place because they wanted to know how to do these works that he was doing. They saw the signs and the things that he did with multiplying the fish and the loaves and all these stuff. They were like, hey, how do we do all that? And God tells them in in verse 27, if you go back a little bit, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures the eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. And God is saying there's a lot of needs that you're going to have on this earth. There's a lot of things that you're going to have that you're going to desire. But... I want you to want me because I'm the only thing that's going to truly satisfy you. And that's that is assuring. You know, when I'm having days where there's so many different things that are going wrong and there's so many ways that I can seemingly ask God and petition God to change so that it can be going better. God is like, all right, I got you. I hear you. I can take care of those things. But also, how am I satisfying you? How am I the bread of life? being your satisfaction and i think that's a question that we can all mull over and be convicted by and examine ourselves in in doing so so jesus extends a satisfying invitation thirdly jesus extends a permanent invitation so if you look in verses 39 through 40 we see uh, what we mean by that in verses 39 through 40 he says that i should lose nothing 
by which my father is giving to me. All that he has given to me, um, basically I'm not going to lose it, but I'm going to raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone that looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. You know, <laughs> I can be a procrastinator sometimes. And I've had different things where I've gotten an invitation on, whether it's a special offer or whether it's a, an event that's going uh, that has a set day. And oftentimes, obviously, if you sleep too long on, on or procrastinate on different things you're invited to, you lose it, right? Not only that, but imagine me offending the person that invited me to something. I'm definitely going to lose it then. And Jesus is saying, if you're truly my own, one, you're mine because the Father gave you to me. And second, if he gave it to me, I'm not going to lose it, right? And so in the same way that God initiated his invitation, he's also sustaining the possession of you in his presence in that invitation right and so there's an assurance that comes from there's nothing that's going to happen that can snatch me out of the hand of my all-powerful god matter of fact everything that's been given to god including me will be raised up on the last day and so not only does he have me and he's holding me down here on earth as his son as his daughter but also he's going to raise me up and glorify me on the last day and that should give so much hope that should give so much joy so to tie this all back together right the question was you know how do we be sure um how do we be certain of god's desire for us to come to him and the main point is that we can be certain of god's desire to come to him because of the demonstration of him coming to us right and so we see uh, him initiating a special invitation a god initiating invitation a satisfying invitation and a permanent invitation in a way that should give our heart uh, joy and that should give us assurance and that should that should draw us in um, into a place of comfort, into a place of uh, consolation, into a place of peace, into a place of uh, assurance when we doubt that either God is with us, Emmanuel, that we, whether we doubt what God wants us there, whether we doubt what God's mentality is about us and being in his presence died for us to have that presence and as surely as he rose from the grave he's never going to renege on that decision so your to-go plate for today is simple to examine what's the correct response to such a special invitation and I think there's different things throughout the New Testament that gives us guidance on how to think about that. How do we respond and how do we respond correctly to this invitation? You can look at John 10 and talks about what it means to be a sheep and heeding his voice and to shut out other voices. We can look at um, John 10 there. We can look at John 14, which is specific, which was uh, particularly encouraging to me. It says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him. And make our home with him. And so to just reorient that this invitation isn't about obligation. This invitation isn't about religion or tradition. This invitation is about love. It's about God inviting himself to love us. To come to us. And to make his home with us as he makes our home with him. And so to reorient this invitation to be about, about love. So yeah, that's that's the first thing we get to go play, just to examine what's the correct response to this invitation. And then to just ask yourself, are we humble enough and do we practice confession enough to, to 
them know that any lapses and how we see that is because we haven't believed. We see in verses 36 where Jesus tells them, you know, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That says in verse 35, but in verse 36 it says, but I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. And so we can see that any distance between this reality and how we feel and like our head knowledge and our doubts because we don't believe. And so to just examine those things, that's my, that's our to-go place for you today. So let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much for being so selfless and being so um, concerned about us. So, God, that you took it upon yourself to initiate meeting the very need that our sin that we created. Oh, God, our sin distanced us from you, distanced us from you. Yet you decided to come back to us. Oh, Lord, I'm grateful for that. God, we need you um, to satisfy us. Oh, God, we need you to replenish us. We need you to guarantee us and assure us um, every day, oh, Lord, because we frequently just drift away, oh, Lord. And that God, I ask that you would help us all with that. Oh, Lord, help us to know that we're wanted, that we're desired, um, and that we can come to you because you came to us, oh, Lord. Thank you so much, oh, God, for your goodness, oh, Lord. I pray that everyone here um, listening to this and who... Uh, yeah, who is just examining what it means to have deeper communion with you, O oh Lord, can just ask the Holy Spirit for help that you would reconfigure their perspective on peace, O oh Lord, for them to not only desire shift in circumstances and and and, uh, and physical bread being met and provided, O oh God, but to have a peace that's resting and set on you being our peace, O oh Lord, and you shifting um, our understanding and hearts, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Help guide us into deeper places in your love it's in jesus name that we pray amen all right y'all that's been another episode it's been real i pray that this blesses your soul um this has been computers communion your devotional appetizers for the godly on the go and as always stay fed <laughs>